Welcome to Restoration Church. At Restoration, we focus on reaching the lost, reviving their lives with the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, and restoring hearts, minds, relationships through the power of the gospel. We are a church equipping and empowering the body of Christ to reach their full potential in Christ. We are led by Pastor Rex and Jennifer Hare. We hope you are encouraged by this morning's sermon. sermon series called uh, I'm Out of Control, the series I'm Out of Control. And this is part three of that. We've been talking about being out of control. Part three of that, simply the topic of the day was don't give up. How many ever felt like giving up? Come on, let's be real. You ever feel like giving up? You may feel like you're 10 foot tall and bulletproof on Friday because it's almost, because it's almost the weekend. And then you get to Monday and you're like, uh, I'm not feeling it today. How many has those not feeling it today moves? You know, they'll teach school, you will not feel it today. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I have a lot of kids that's not feeling it today right now. They're ready for school to be out and a lot of students. So, but we're excited to, to have you here. Just a beautiful crowd this morning. Um, thank you. Let's continue to pray for those, all of those that need prayer. We have several that need prayer this morning. They're battling sickness this morning, so we want to lift them in prayer as well this morning. But we're going to be talking to you out of Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 10. And the title's message, out of, out of, out, I'm out of control, is do not give up. Do not give up. Let's read the words. So if you'll stand with us one more time. I know I'm getting out of stand a lot. I'm keeping a lot of you guys awake. You know, getting your exercise, getting your cardio in this morning. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man sows what he reaps. Verse 8 says, The one who sows to please the sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap, will reap excuse me, eternal life. Let us not be become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And verse 10, Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people especially those who belong to the family of believers. Stretch your hands this way and ask God to bless us and anoint us for the preaching and teaching of his word. Father, we love you and we honor you. We're nothing without you. We can do nothing without you. But we thank you today that your righteousness flows through our veins because we accept you as Lord and Savior of life. We ask you to anoint us to loose our mouths and our hearts. Let our hearts be changed. Let your word go forth. Let it accomplish what you chose beforehand for it to accomplish. Let our lives be changed. May we be challenged. But more than anything else, may we hear from you. May your from all heaven, all of heaven speak to us today through your word. And we give you all honor and all praise and all glory. And all the church said amen and amen. Amen. I want to talk to you about the law of sowing and reaping. How many's ever had a garden before? How many's ever had a garden? How many know that? You don't plant something and two weeks later you have a harvest. I just know that when you plant something, it takes a while. Does, do you just go plant tomatoes and let them go and they don't do anything else? They just grow. They're going to grow some, but you know, in Alabama, we have this thing called grass and we have this thing called Bermuda grass and Bahia grass. Somebody knows about Bahia grass trying to cut it. Uh, it takes over really quick and it don't even take a lot of water. And we've had a lot of wet winter, but in the summer, I watched the hay grass grow, and it wouldn't even be raining. It could just live off the dew that falls at night. 
but that'll take over your garden. And when I was growing up, my dad had a big garden every year, and we ate, David, everything that was in the garden. So if you didn't plant something that, if dad wasn't planting something that you like, you try to get some seeds together so you can plant something that you like. I, I'll be and my brothers make wanted to make our dad seem that we were interested in gardening. We just got tired of eating certain things. So we'd get seeds and go to our neighbors and our uncles that garden get certain seeds because we wanted to eat things different. And also, if you're a gardener, you have to understand, too, that you can't plant the same thing over and over. If you see people that, that farm for a living, they'll plant soybeans for a few years and grow them, and then they'll change to corn because it changed the activity of the soil. And every so often, they have to uh, uh, plant something different, or they have to leave that, that field dormant for a couple of years and not plant anything, and then they'll plant something else. But today, I'm going to talk to you about the law of sowing and reaping. How many of know you reap what you sow, you will harvest what you plant? If you plant corn, you're going to reap corn, right? If you plant peas, you're going to get peas. If you plant tomatoes, you're going to get tomatoes. If you plant um, squash, you're going to get squash. If you plant cucumbers, you're going to get cucumbers. So whatever you're planting, you're going to reap that. And it's a spiritual law that we reap what we sow. You will reap what you sow, and the third law is you will reap after you sow. You will reap more than what you sow. You will reap a lot more than what you sow. You can plant a handful of seeds of peas, and how many peas are going to come off that one plant from planting just three or four pea seeds or three or four corn seeds? It'll be a big stalk of corn, and it'll produce several ears if it's healthy and it's fertilized and it's taken care of and managed right. If you plant corn, you get corn. How about the things that we plant in our lives every day? How many of you know that if you're angry all the time and you plant anger, that you're going to get anger? Come on. How many of you know that if you plant discord or jealousy, you're going to get jealousy? Whatever we plant, we're going to harvest. If we plant, plant unforgiveness, we're going to get unforgiveness. If we sow lies, we're going to get lies. And you say, well, Pastor, how does that affect me? What I plant and what I sow, sow is to see the word of my mouth mean something. How many of you know that God spoke us into existence? Yeah. Words, he said, well, there could be fish, there were fish. Let there be light, there could be water. God spoke and it happens. How many of you know that your words mean something? Yeah. Amen? Y'all going to help me today? Yeah. I mean, your words mean something. If you don't believe it, say something wrong to your spouse that upsets them. It's going to mean for men, you're going to sleep on the couch for a few days. Right. So your words mean something. What we say to people, who's ever said something to somebody and you didn't mean it a certain way, but it wasn't the way you meant it, it's the way they took it. Right. It's the way they received it. So I want us to see that our words produce a harvest. Our words will produce a harvest because we reap what we sow. You're going to reap after you sow, and you're going to reap a lot more than what you sow. Right. So our words are important. The Apostle Paul said it like this, for God in Galatians 6, he said, be you not deceived, God cannot be mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And you say, well, pastor, what's the difference? If I reap lust in my life, if all I ever do is lust after things and people or women or whatever, it's not just, a lot of people think, well, it's lust. It's a man looking at a woman in the wrong way or a woman looking at a man. No, it's not just that. You can lust after other things. You can envy. You can want what somebody else has had. You can want their house or their car or their job or their bass boat, guys. <clears throat> right. 
or their lures or their tackle box. You can want that. You can want to play cornhole like Chance Young does. You can it's called envy. We can do that and we can have that, and it's all rooted in a spirit of lust. Yeah. And so a pastor's not sexual, it doesn't have to be. God created us with a longing and an emptiness to want something. And I don't care what you search for this morning, if you're trying to fill that void with anything else besides Jesus, you're going to reap a harvest of discord and an emptiness. And you say, well, Pastor, what does that mean to me? It means that what we do matters. How many of us know that? What we do matters. How many of us know that our children follow us? You know, I was watching little David at the birthday party yesterday, and I was watching Samson, excuse me, not Samson, I was watching Samson too, but I was watching Jonathan and Maverick, and they're wide open as a case knife. If y'all don't know what that means, that means they're running around. That's, that's South Alabama for their busy. They're going, they got a lot of energy. But I was watching these little boys, and they're just going and running, and the other little boys are there, and they're just having a good time. They're having the time of their life. But you, you wish, how many of wish you could bottle that and take a drink out of it in the morning? But they're, 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 what they're doing is they're sewing. You say, well, they're kids. Yeah, well, watch the kids. There'll be 40 toys out there in the yard or in the play, and they all want the same toy. Right. And you say, well, why does that happen? Because by nature, our children are falling. You say, what do you, what do you mean by that, Pastor? By nature, we want what somebody else has. Watch little kids. They're two years old. There's 30 toys, and they all want the same little truck. And they will have WWE SmackDown till they get it too. Yeah. And then you can get them another toy and they'll throw that toy because they don't want it because Maverick wants what Jonathan has and Jonathan wants what Maverick has. I'm going somewhere with this. You say, well, Pastor, how does it affect us? As we grow up, we continue to want what we don't need. God's got more than what we'll ever need. But a lot of times we grow up and we think I want this. Who's ever bought something and you get it and you're like man, I didn't really even want that. Yeah, right. You know, you buy a new car, you get it, the new smell's gone. Starts to smell like feet and backpacks and old Cheetos is in it. Come on. Right. Kids. I'm being real. We got a lot of families here. You know, I got some friends of ours that had small kids years ago and he traveled on the road and sang and uh, did ministry. But his wife and two girls that are calling in Jordan's age would travel with him. And they got in a toll bridge down in Florida one time and they didn't have a dollar because they didn't have any cash on them to find the change to pay for the toll to go across the toll bridge. And he says, he posted it on Facebook. It's really hilarious. He found, he said, I found two sippy cups that needed to be in a chemical waste area. I found some Cheetos a, a, a pacifier that was four different colors, yep. <laughs> some lint, and a couple things that are unident unidentified flying objects. You don't yep. even know what they are. Yep. And I found a lot of things, cereal piece, a half of a cereal bar. Yep. Parents, can I get amen? You, you know. You know. You're going to have that car cleaned up. You got it back and down. The seat's cleaned. Everything's fresh. The floor mat's there. You got your little nice whatever you ladies like the candle smell in it and two days later it smelled like baby barf. <laughs> Am I being real with that? Yeah. You've been that way. But the thing about it is but there there had to be a reason those things are stuck down in those seats and under there and in the cup holder 
because somebody was there. Right. And somebody deposited them there. But a lot of times we find ourselves looking for something and trying to find something that we need spiritually. But the reason we can't find it is because we didn't deposit and plant any seeds there for anything good to grow. But what we have to understand is, it, is there is a concept and there is a law. The law is we reap what we sow. Right. Go plant corn, you get corn. Go plant peas, you get peas. Go plant uh, snap beans, you get snap beans. You get that. It's, it's a law. But how about the good things? I see a lot of good things going on around our church that we used to not see. I see people living sacrificially. I see people meeting the needs of other people, not letting the left hand know what the right hand does. I see people discipling people who've never been a part of the body of the believers of faith. I see people going the extra mile. I see people giving sacrificially all the time. I see people ministering to people at a yard sale. And you say, well, Pastor Rex, you're just meeting people where they're at. But isn't that what Jesus did? We never look more like Jesus than when we're stupid to help somebody who can't help themselves. And you say, well, Pastor Rex, what does that mean? When you're taking the time to help somebody that can't help themselves, you are the hands and feet of Christ Jesus. If he couldn't be any more effective if he was here than we are at that moment. He says, we are made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So what happens when we sow good things? We talk about all the bad things. We talk about that. I mean, it's magnify the bad things of our life. Well, I like the way my hair looks this morning. If I had better makeup, I'm going to move on. Guys, if I had a few plugs where I'm lying up there, come on. I used some triple eight, maybe my hair would grow in the back. You know, my wife reminded me a while back, you need to wear a hat when you go outside because you got a little spot back there where it kind of hurt my feelings. You know, because my brother Reggie Savannah's dad, I pick at him because he's just about all in the back. And I pick him, my wife says, you're reaping what you sow. Right. You've been talking about your brothers for years. I said, but you've been talking about me being fat. She said, but you're reaping what you're sowing, honey. Right. Some of y'all show some of y'all text that in a minute. <laughs> but the bottom line is, things happen. Things happen to us and things change. I mean, watch your life change over here. Right. The things that I thought was important when I was 25, the things now that I'm 48, I don't think they're that important. Yeah. I remember working years ago in a large auto manufacturer and I wanted to move up the ladder. I wanted to have that job. When I got that job, I didn't want that job. I wanted to be important. I wanted to move up the ladder. I wanted. There's nothing wrong with working hard, by the way. If we had more people working hard, we'd be a lot better off, right? Amen? Right. Amen. The Bible says a man don't work, he don't eat. Right. You know what the Bible says? We forgot about that. We don't talk about that anymore. Right. As a Christian and a follower of Christ, I'm not there looking for a handout. I'm there to be a servant of all. Right. Thank you, Bree. Amen. <laughs> I'm there to be a servant. So let's talk about sowing good seeds. What about when I love somebody that's not feeling the love? What about when I offer forgiveness when I don't need when I don't feel like I'm obligated? You know, giving somebody forgiveness that don't deserve it. You saw a pastor Rex, they hurt me. They did this to me. You don't know what they did to you. What about Jesus when he's on the cross and he that knew no sin has to come sin for us? And he's saying, Father, forgive them because they know not what they do. 
There's none of us that, no matter how bad we've been hurt, and I'm sorry if I'm getting in your feels this morning, no matter how bad somebody's hurt us, you haven't been hurt like Jesus was hurt on the cross. When Jesus became sin for us, he that was perfect and knew no sin. Matter of fact, Pilate said, I find no fault in him. But yet the people yelled crucified and they did what the people said. Think about that for a moment. You say, well, Pastor Rex, these people, you don't know how much they hurt me. They don't deserve forgiveness. We did not deserve forgiveness. Right. Yet he that knew no sin became sin for us and he saved us by his blood on the cross. Amen? Right. And we live evermore because of what Jesus did even though we don't deserve it. Right. That gets me fired up. <laughs> what about when we give mercy when we, you know what mercy is? Mercy is giving somebody something they don't deserve. Right. What about when we have patience with people? Mm. In the church? Yeah, in the church. Paul said it like this, bear with one another. If you're around people, people are going to irritate you. Mm. Let's say that again. I got a hmm. <laughs> what is a hmm? I got a hmm. Is around your husband and wife, you love them, but after a while they irritate you. Don't raise your hands. <laughs> you love them, but you, they irritate you. My wife tells me from time to time, I love her. I got the best wife ever. Right, honey? I have the best wife. Hey, got the best wife ever. I still feel that way after 30 years, but every once in a while she'll say, Go work on your boat. Go take Scooter for a while, Speedy for a walk. Go do these things. Go. Why don't you go down to church a little while? Why don't you go see? Call somebody. Go do something. Yeah. You know, go down to the church. Go check this. Go do this. Go do that. Why? Because after a while, we irritate each other. The Bible says we we sharpen each other like steel on steel. Right. When we when we sow seeds that are important that are the spirit. It's not easy. It's costing us something. So she'll tell me to get out of the house. And what do I do? <laughs> I get out of the house. Because I don't like the couch. I like my bed a lot better. Sleeps better. Helping some of you young men. I bounce off the wall. You catch it. Run away. Okay? Back. Your back won't hurt. Here's back. All right. What about humility? We don't talk about humility a lot. Being humble. I mean, just know in order to be able to forgive, you have to be humble. Yeah. Humility. The Bible said that Jesus was humble. He was meek and lowly. He said, come unto me. You cast your burdens on me because I'm meek and lowly. My burdens are mine. That's what Jesus was saying. He was humble. But how many of you know that he's coming one day? He may have left here as a humble king, but he's coming back as a conqueror. Right. So humility... Humility when in itself costs us something. A lot of times we have to set our ego to the side. What about kindness? Is it easy to be kind to somebody who's being rude to you? You don't believe it's if you believe it's easy to be kind to somebody that's being rude to you, get up 459 about seven o'clock in the morning. Right. If you don't believe that people are in a hurry to get things done, I you know, I am amazed at people that will run other people off the road on the interstate. Can I be a little bit? Yeah. I'll write y'all all a twenty five dollar check for this session after I get through. Right. I'm amazed at people that will run other people off the road and cut other people off and they get there twenty seconds faster than everybody else. Yeah. That's my pet peeve. Right. Road rage. I had to pray about it a lot. That, thank you, Lord. That's my calling in the face. It keeps me on. I have to learn to let people go. 
You know, how about guys? You're out there on the interstate. You just got to outrun that guy in front of you. Come on. Troopers waiting up there. Ready, ready, waiting on You know, we, we learn about kindness. You know, I had a lady the other day. I was pulling out of the driveway. Anybody, anybody get scared coming out of the driveway here sometimes? Yes. Yeah. Let me give y'all a little heads up. When you're going to get out and go leave here, go. Yeah. Make sure you clear both ways and go because yeah. it's kind of dangerous. We're going to fix that here before. Best you can. But listen, you gotta go. I pulled out the other day, the lady's gotta be running 65 from this way. She's got to be. Well, I pull out and caught I'm in Collins little truck. You don't have a lot of <clears throat> to it, you just gotta get it there. And I start spinning well, I get to the other lane and I look up and she's giving me that little friendly finger. Wow. <laughs> you know what I wanted to say? And I thought to myself, this is what surfacing tells you, I'm being real. If you wasn't driving a hundred, you wouldn't be flipping me off and running over me. And the Lord said, drive on. That's over. There's nothing you can do about it. Nobody got hurt. Nobody got hit. Let her live her life. You go on. You know, there's some people that run other people down. Come on. And do all kinds of crazy stuff and it don't any good. It's called humility. It's called being kind. I didn't like it. And I hope she gets forgiveness over it. But I didn't lose my joy that day because the Holy Spirit convicted me. This thing called the Holy Spirit is not just to help you. It's called conviction. The conviction of the Holy Spirit is a good thing. It leads us unto Jesus. It leads us unto repentance. One more. What about joy? Anybody ever lost your joy of what somebody else is doing? The greatest trap the enemy uses is that we lose our joy over what somebody else is doing that we can't control. Yeah. You know what you're allowing people to do when you lose your joy over somebody else's doing? You're allowing them to live rent-free in your head and rob your joy, and you're wasting your life over something you can't control. That's good preaching. Right. But when we let that go, when we let God handle it, say, Lord, you take care of this. What we're doing is we're allowing God through the authority of the Word, through the righteousness of Jesus flowing through our life. We are agreeing with the Word of God for God to handle it. That's good preaching. Yeah, We're agreeing with God to allow His Word and Him to handle it. I mean, it's believed, and you hear a lot of people say, well, we need some behavioral modification. Behavioral modification. What is behavioral modification? We want to modify the way we behave. That's a big word in the school systems now. We need to modify the way this child needs to learn to behave. There's rules there. We have to have them. Behavioral modification. We believe in behavioral modification in the churches today, but what we need is a spiritual transformation. Paul said it like this, don't be conformed to the likeness of the image of this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Anybody know? Your what? Your mind. Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do I transform my mind? Let me tell you this, church, it's real simple. The more I read this, the more it sinks in my spirit, the more I can change if I read it. You say, my version 10 minutes out or driving and listening to my version Bible app reading in the morning while I'm driving on my 20-minute drive to work or 30-minute drive to work does not do. Let me tell you something. This word will not return void. If you will listen to it, if you will read it, it's going to accomplish something in your life. Right. The Bible says it's more quicker and more sharper and more powerful than any two-edged sword. This word will not return to Right. If I read it, it will change me. It will convict me. So how many has ever tried to change a habit? We're all creatures of habit. 
I'm trying to lose weight. I'm, I'm real about it. There's some days I don't do as good as others. Some days I could take a water pistol and charge McDonald's cheeseburgers dead ahead. The next day, I wish there was 10 of, the, of, of Ronald McDonald's sitting in my lap. Right. I mean the cheeseburgers. Somebody stay with me here. Come on. And it's going to take you three hours to get it, but you know you want Right. You want to say it. Some days we have something called willpower. But every day, as a believer of Jesus Christ, we have something called Holy Ghost power. Yeah. The same power that brought Jesus from the dead lives in us when you accept Jesus as Savior. Right. Man. The same power. So Paul was saying, when you reap what you sow, the first thing I want you to do is have a spiritual transformation. That means I submit who I am to Christ, and he changes me slowly. Let me help you today. If you want to make a spiritual change, if you need to break a habit or an addiction in your life, and everybody under the sound of my voice has a habit you probably don't need, you need to take one of them at a time. Don't tackle five, take one. And you need to submit that to Christ. And when you submit that to Christ, God will allow you to change that by spiritual transformation, not behavioral modification. Right. If I want to lose weight, I quit drinking sodas with things with sugar and eat a lot of carbs and drink more water and eat healthier. Amen? Yes. You know, how many has ever seen somebody go, I ate a salad this week and I don't know why I haven't lost five pounds. But you ate cheeseburgers and... and uh, waffle fries yeah. and Twinkies. Come on. Right. Not even, did the Twinkies still exist? Yes. 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 Mm. Nutty Buds did because I like them, Jake. Right. I like Twinkies too. That's a whole other soda. But I ate a salad and I drank two glasses of water, but you drank soda pops the rest of I'm just being real. Yeah. This is me. Yeah. This is me. It takes consistency. Mm. One thing at a time. Maybe I just need to say, okay, I'm going to quit drinking sodas. I'm going to drink more water. What about when I fall off the wagon, I drink two sodas, I just quit whining about it and ask God to help me and start drinking more water. Take one bottle at a time. Yeah. You see, Paul was saying spiritual transformation happens as we're creatures of habit. You know, they say it takes seven days for you to create a habit. Yeah. And it can take up to 28 to, to stop that. Mm. Because we're creatures of habit. We're people of patterns. We have to change the way we plant seeds. If we want the Holy Spirit to rule our life, if we want Jesus Christ to be complete Lord of our life, and I want to be surrendered, remember we sang in the song, Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Come on, everybody likes that. Your goodness is running after I know I'm an average singer at best. It's running after me. Come on, it's running after me. Well, then the hard part comes. Well, my life laid down, I surrender now, I give you. We want the goodness running after us, but we do want to lay down everything. Yeah. All right. So why not? I, I, I just lay down one thing. Yeah. I'm preaching. I don't care if somebody. I'm preaching today. What about I lay down one thing? What about I give up the one thing that has me? Yeah. What if I fail that day? The body of believers should be there. Somebody should be there to pick me up. Right. Right. Somebody should be there to call me and encourage me. Right. Somebody should be there. Somebody should be there to help. Mm. It's not behavioral modification. It's spiritual transformation. It happens over time. 
We get mad with God. And I'm going to preach a little bit right here. We get mad with God because something don't change in our life when we committed to God in two days when it took us 20 years to get that pattern. Yeah. We give up and quit and get aggravated with God because God don't change something and some addiction or something in our life or some wrong trend in our life and He don't change it in two days and it took us forever to build that. We're people of habit. God created us that way. Right. He created us to be that way. So we have to have spiritual transformation. Apostle Paul said, if you want a different harvest, you got to plant a different seed. Right. In the Gospels, Jesus told the story of the parables and he said it like this. He said, what you do is you've seen a guy was reaping and he threw some seed on good soil and then he threw some seed on rocky soil and then some of the seed got trampled underfoot. But the seed that grew was the seed that went into good soil. Right. And he said the seed that was on rocky soil, it had a little dirt there so it would come up. But when the sun came there, David, it, it killed it because it didn't have a good root system. Mm. Listen, consistency, church. Right. Consistency. Put the emphasis on spiritual things like we do on worldly things. Yeah. We have to shift our mindset one thing at a time. Don't try that. Anybody ever heard that? And this is not scripture, but anybody ever heard you eat the elephant one bite at a time? Yes. You don't. You don't eat the whole elephant one time. That's that you get overloaded. Right. Matt Brian and I were having a conversation yesterday, Brian Griffin, and he was talking about building a, a big, tall, uh, mega-story building. And the guy looked at him and said, "You can't look at how many stories was it, Brian?" 72. 72 stories. Don't look at 72 stories at a time. Take five at a time and then you don't, you don't get overwhelmed. Yeah. How many just look at our spiritual walk that day? How many just live for today instead of living for tomorrow? Right. How many just focus on what we're doing today? If we focus on what we're doing today, tomorrow is not so overwhelming. Amen? Right. Yeah. If we learn to let the Lord help us today, yeah. Paul said, you got to commit to spiritual, spiritually transform. We have to remind ourselves who are we are in God. Mm. How many of ever look in the mirror and say, and look and don't like what you see? Yeah. You look in the mirror and you don't like what you see. You look at with all the things you've done wrong. You look at all your failures in the past. You look at all the patterns and you what you're doing is allowing the enemy to rob you of who you are in Christ Jesus. Right. What about when I look in the mirror in the morning and I say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Yeah. What about I look at myself in the morning and say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. His goodness is running me down. It's overtaking me. Right. What if I remind myself of who I am in the Word? Mm -hmm. Small decisions make a big difference over time. Yeah. Small, right decisions. I'm going to give you an analogy of two people that I made up in my hand. Sammy the same. Everybody, who's Sammy the same? David's going to be Sammy the same. All right, who else? John. John is going to be Billy Better, okay? Billy Better, Sammy the same. All right? Sammy the same likes playing video games. He don't like getting any exercise. I'm just using this from a standpoint. He don't like getting any exercise. He likes doing the same thing. He likes eating yeah. Twinkies all the time. He yeah. likes staying up late at night and not going to work. Yep. What happens to Sammy the same if he's doing the same thing over time? Things are not going to get better because he's going to reap a harvest of the seeds he's planted. Right. 
What about after he plays video games, he develops a gambling habit, and he has no money, and his marriage is on the rocks because he has no money, he has no work ethic, he has no relationship because he's spending all the time. Yeah. I know I'm not supposed to preach like this, but I'm here. We're in it now. Y'all with me? Right. But he's standing the same. He's going to do everything the same. But Billy Better says, you know what? I'm going to lose weight. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut 125 calories a day. Over periods of time, what happened is cutting that 125 calories, he changes the dynamic of his body. And his body begins to change. And the next thing you know, he's cutting 250 calories and 500 calories. And he's going to work and he's getting, he's walking two miles three times a week. Come on. Right. He's changing things because he took one thing at a time and he committed himself to make a change. It's spiritual transformation. You say, well, Pastor Rex, is God concerned about my health? Yeah, it is the temple of God. Yeah. And if I change things, and you say, well, Pastor, what does that have to do? If I'm honoring God with my temple, I'm honoring God spiritually, and I have more authority in Christ because I'm going by what his word says. Yeah. So Sammy the same, the harvest he's reaping don't change in his worth. Yeah. But Billy the better, come on. Yeah. It's pretty corny, I know. <laughs> but Billy's getting better, but Sammy's not staying the same. Right. It's getting worse. Because mm. we read what we yeah. it don't matter that I wanted to stay the same. You know, how many likes change? Nobody likes change. You know, my wife used to like rearranging furniture. I'm fixing to dig myself a hole. But she's like, I remember years ago, I'd be working night shifts and I'd get home at like three or four o'clock in the morning. And she decided to rearrange the furniture, right? And I was trying to come in, ease in the front door. You know, I wasn't even going to dare go in the bedroom and wake her up. She didn't get up at 5 30 and then at four o'clock in the morning when I got off work. So I try to ease in, get my bowl of Cheerios, you know, and my clothes in the other bathroom. I wouldn't disturb nobody, change out my work clothes. Didn't you, but you better not turn the shower on if he's going to wake Colin and Jordan up. And if you wake Colin and Jordan up, this is when they were still home, they're going to be grumpy. So when we get them up to go to work, she's going to be grumpy. Y'all get where I'm going? Right. Not going to be good. I'm reaping a harvest. Right. So I, I sneak in and I forget about that she's moved the coffee table. And then I fall down, throw my lunchbox against the wall. She thinks somebody's burglarizing the house, and it's on then. All because I'm trying to. True story, these things happen. Right. Come on. Yeah. Because things get changed. Yeah. We don't like things to change. And you say, well, Pastor Rex, I thought you were going to tell us some good news. We're getting there. Yeah. We don't like things to change. But what happens when we change things up, we get challenged. Yeah. You'll never get changed unless you get challenged. Right. You know, I hear people all say, well, that's God like Pastor Rex. If God still moved like you did in the old days, right. I wish church was like it used to be. Guess what? You don't how many of you still wear the same clothes you did well? How many how many still wear things are changing? Right. Right. You know, I tell my kids all the time. I, I, the kids are all, at school. I tell these kids they're six, fifteen to eighteen years old. I tell them I got socks older than them all the time. Mr. I'm so tired today. Can I just put my head down and take a nap? And be like, No, we're going to work today. And I get louder and louder. I say, Good morning, everybody. Twenty-eight kids in my first year class, and they're all like, you know, <coughs> got the phones out, mm. right? Teenagers checking everything out. 
Right. They're like, not supposed to have their phone back. So I start getting them to hand me their phone. Oh, Mr. Harry, I didn't mean it, Mr. Harry. Please don't get it. Mm. Don't take my phone. Yeah. Right. Y'all get where I'm going? Yeah. But change. Mm. So I start telling them, put your, put your phones over here on this desk when you come in so I don't have to take it from them. So we don't have an issue. Right. Then they'll come in. Then I'll start telling them, tell your lover, you'll see you this afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Tell mama you can't text no more. You'll clean your room up today. Right. You know. Yeah. They don't they don't like that stuff stuff, but they use it all the time. They, they say, well, I know Mr. Harry. You got socks over me and I never you never complain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is funny right. stuff, but I do feel like this. <laughs> <laughs> probably do have a pair of socks over me. And my wife don't know about it. She's throwing away. I know that's too TMI, too, too much information. Look, I'm trying to get you guys to loosen up a little bit, but how do you know that we're creatures of habit? Yeah. We're going to do the same thing over and over again. How do you know that the definition of stupidity is doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different result? Yeah. yeah. But the church is supposed to say, well, we don't do it that way. You know, those young people's music, I just don't like it. <laughs> Did the older people like your music, older people, when you were younger? Nope. Listen to that devil music. Right. Stay in love. Right. Parents probably didn't like it. You know? Yeah. 80s music. I think yeah. I taught my kids that 80s music was the best, right? I taught my kids that. So when they hear Journey, they like it. And I'm going somewhere with this. I don't know where, but we're going somewhere. <laughs> so the bottom line is. We tend to say, well, men is different than me, and it's not what I like, then I'm not going to participate in it. Then we create this thing called division. Yeah. Then we begin to click up. Come on. Right. Then we begin to say, well, you know, I don't like this because so and so did this to me. Mm-hmm. Then you get bitterness. Come on. Yeah. Then we say, well, you know, I'm not going to give to the youth because I don't like that music that I listen to. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't like the music you were listening to when you were growing up. Right. And we, we, we fail to relate because we begin to do What about younger people? Come on, can I talk to younger people? Yes. You know, I, I don't know how to relate to those folks in the 60s. How about having a conversation with them? Right. How about gleaning some wisdom from them? I like sitting down and talking to other guys. I like sitting and talking to Brother Keith. You know why? Because there's not one time that I sit down with Brother Keith that I don't learn something. Right. It may be something or not to do. I sat down this morning. A lot of people out, he had nobody in his classes. We sat there for 30 minutes and we talked about life. Yeah. And I left there feeling better than I did when I come in because he never fails to encourage me. Right. He tells me all the things that I've done right and you're leaving, not all the things that I've done wrong. He makes an impact. Right. And when we do that, we plant good seeds, we make a difference in somebody else's life. Right. What about in prayer? Hmm. I go about in faith. What about when we have faith? You know what faith is? It's believing in something that you haven't seen yet. Right. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Yeah. That means you had to believe for something that you couldn't see. Misty? Right. Remember that? Of course, Misty's not in here. <laughs> I remember Misty telling me the story of the doctors telling her she could never have a baby. Wow. But God had a different plan. Yeah. She had this thing called faith, and the more she exercised it, hear me, yeah. God connected her with the right people. Come on. Right. 
Right. She said, well, Pastor Rex, I wasn't even where I needed to be. But God, she shares it. And every time we cry, every time she shares that story, I cry with her. Because I think of little Eli. And I think of the gift. He said, can I tell you something today? If God gives you a promise, come hell or high water, he will give it to you. Right. In his yeah. time. And God will connect you with the right people. Right. As I begin to be spiritually transformed, God will connect you with the right people. Right. I think about all the people that God connected us with here to church. It may have been for a season, but God had a plan and a purpose in that season. Right. And you said, well, Pastor Rex, they're no longer with us. But can I tell you, God don't make any mistakes. Right. Yeah. God will connect us with the right people. Let's go to James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18. James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18. How many know that faith, the Bible says, that faith without works is dead. You can have all the faith in the world and you not exercise that faith and you not do something with it and it makes no difference to nobody. Right. James says it like this. Is any of you in trouble? He should pray. If he is happy, they didn't sing songs of praise. Y'all remember us singing this morning? Everybody has hands raised and you don't feel real good, but when you worship, you begin to feel better. Right. Because you're allowing the music of God, the spirit, the words of God to move you, to take you in an atmosphere of what you deal with into an atmosphere of worship. Yeah. If anyone is sick, he should call upon the elders of the church and pray over him and anoint them all in the name of the Lord. He's the elders of the church, the leaders of the church. And if a prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, the Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Wow. He will be forgiven. Verse 17. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. Verse 16. Rather, pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous man is powerful and effective. Your prayers as a righteous person is powerful and effective. Think about those scriptures for a minute. It says, call upon the elders of the church. What does faith do? Faith causes me to want to see things different than the way they are. How many just need God to answer a prayer in a circumstance and a situation in your life? Be real today. How many just need God to move in a situation? You agree with me together today. You agree that God needs to move in a situation. You need God to move in a situation. Can I tell you, there is power in numbers. The Bible says where any two or three agree together, touching any one thing, he will do it. Right. Yeah. So we agree together. There's power in numbers. We call upon the elders of church. We confess our sins one to another. Yeah. So we made the altar of somewhere that I did, I'm scared to go to because people think I'm not even right with the Lord. When the altar was made there for us to go and confess our faults and our failures to one another, therefore we find help and healing in our need. Right. We need to quit monopolizing the prayer, the place of prayer and the altar to somewhere for somebody to get saved where a lot of times they just need help. Right. Come on. Yeah. We need to spend more time in the altar because our lives are altered when we end the altar. Right. That's where our lives get changed. And we think, well, they don't know Jesus. They're coming out for all that backslidden, all that just falling out of faith with the Lord. Can I tell you, a lot of times people are hurting and we've so put the altars out there and made it, well, it's just somebody that needs to know Jesus and the Lord. So maybe they're struggling and they need the body of believers to agree with them. Right. 
We need to understand that the altar is a good thing. Conviction is a good thing. Repentance is a good thing. Maybe they do need to know Jesus. Maybe they need to confess their sins to the Lord, become a Christian, accept Him, become a follower of Him. Then He says, The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. When we pray together, together, our prayers are powerful and effective. How many has ever been through something and you thought you're by yourself? Yeah. You ever felt like you're just by yourself? Right. Remember this guy named Elijah? Mm. You ever feel like he's by himself? Yeah. Remember the story of Elijah? Jezebel's mm. after him. Mm. He just defeated hundreds of the prophets of Baal, which were the false prophets of the day, yet he's whining and running and crying out to God and hiding under a tree, a juniper tree, right? Y'all remember that? Yeah. And he's complaining to God that nobody cares about him and he's just defeated hundreds of the prophets of Baal. Yeah. But he's running because he didn't get up ten foot tall and bulletproof and ready to charge hell with a water pistol that morning. Yeah. He wake up running from Jezebel because she promised that she was going to run him down and kill him. Yeah. She, he knew how powerful she, powerful she was, but he had forgotten how powerful his God was. Yeah. He had forgotten that through faith he had called down fire from heaven and had consumed the sacrifice. And all the prophets of Baal had died because of it. Right. He had to understand that. Yeah. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain for three and a half years. Verse 18. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced these crops. They're talking about a man that just like a man, a man just like me and you, and he prayed that it wouldn't rain, and for three and a half years they had it rain. And then he prayed again, and the land gave its rain, and the, and the sky gave its rain, and there was a crop produced again. This is one man's faith. Yeah. But he needed somebody. Every Elijah has an Elisha. Amen? Yeah. Every one of us, under the sound of my voice, God has put somebody in your life to help. I'll say that again. Everybody, under the sound of my voice, God has put somebody in your life there to help. You may not think you're there to help them, but God's placed somebody in your life. Right. You need them, and they need you. Right. Well, prayer is powerful and effective. Everybody say last point. Last point. Everybody say last point. Last point. I'm proud of myself. I have cut my closings down 66%. Woo! <laughs> Prayer is powerful and effective. That's pretty good for preachers, by the way. Much more like 5%. Yeah. Preachers don't cut their closings down. No, we're not talking about buying a house either. We're talking about preaching. Ephesians 3 16 through 21. How many of us go to God in prayer? Like this, Lord. I know I'm bothering you right now. I know you're real busy, God. Nobody has done this. But if you get time, can you help me with this situation? Anybody ever been that way? I'm not even going to pray about it because I know I've been praying about it and I ain't heard God. Y'all get where I'm going? Yeah. We treat God like he can't do it. Right. Talking to the preacher this morning. We, we treat God like he can't handle it. Right. We treat God that he can't give direction and he put it all together. Right. We treat God that he don't know me and I, he knew me before I was pulling together and Sarah Harris wound. Yeah. 
We treat God like he don't know the situation and the hurt and the things we're dealing with, but he told me in Hebrews 4 and 16 that I can come boldly to the throne of grace. Right. If I'm going in and I got a king that's going to give me everything he has, I'm going to walk in boldly. If I know when I get in there, he's going to give me, let's go to James chapter, excuse me, Ephesians 3 and 16. It says, I pray God out of his glory and riches. He may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being. Now, what's strengthening our inner being? The Spirit of God. Next verse. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you be rooted and established in love. May have the power together with all the saints. You want to know the importance of being at church on Sunday morning? We have the power together with all the saints. Right. If those that you watch your Facebook Live say that, the power together with all the saints. You said, well, Pastor Rex, there's just 30 of our, 35 or 40 of us in this church today. There's many watching online together. We have a power together with all the saints. Right. You know what Paul's saying here? He says, to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the fullness of God. Now to him is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. What is he saying? According to the power that is at work within us. Listen, don't you take the Holy Spirit and put it in a 30 minute session on Sunday morning of praise and worship. The Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit empowers us. The Holy Spirit fell in the upper room and the church was launched. And thousands come to know their Lord every day. You said, well, Pastor Rex, I don't know about all this stuff. I don't know about all these gifts of the Spirit. Well, if the Lord didn't believe in it and he didn't want this generation to have it, he would have took it out of the Bible. Yeah. Hello? Right. I'm preaching right here. Right. So the Holy Spirit is our helper. He is our strength. And Paul was saying we have power together that we don't have when we're not together. Right. Amen. Isn't that what he just said? Right. And when you understand, me and Brian had this conversation yesterday. Brian, because of you and my conversation, I included the scripture in last night. So Brian helped me preach Sunday. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. So I'm preaching longer. Blame Brian. Okay. Don't reel this back in. I was joking. <laughs> But we have the power because Brian encouraged me because we have the power together with all the saints to go to God and ask Him for anything and expect Him to do it. Come on. Yeah. Right. And you say, well, Pastor Rex, I don't know about all that, but we don't know about the Word. Right. The Word is quicker and sharper and more powerful than you do it so it cuts to the end must be and the Word is supposed to correct us. Right. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. It's not just affecting me. Whether I believe God for it or not, whether I go and ask God boldly for it or not, it's not just affecting me in the now, it's affecting my children and their children. Terry yeah. Joe, may your favor be upon me in a thousands, generations, and your family, and your children, and their children, and their children. Right. Right. Boy, you're doing God. You're doing good. You're doing good. I'm telling you, church, hear what I'm saying today. The Holy Spirit is here to empower the church. And we have taken the Holy Spirit and we put him in a little box. And because we say, well, you know, when I take my faith, I'm just going to take it like my wallet, like my debit card. 
Right. I'm just going to put it back up because I don't need it unless I got to get some gas or buy some lunch to go by the grocery store. Right. So I'm going to put it back up and the Holy Spirit is not meant to be boxed in. Come on, you can't box the Holy Spirit in. Right. And when we begin to allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, when the Holy Spirit wakes you up at night and tells you to pray for somebody yeah. or call somebody or meet somebody else's need, that's the Holy Spirit. You will be in the hands and feet of Christ because you're obeying the Word. Right. And the unction of the Holy Spirit. Right. Now, where can you back up to 318? Not closing the next year, I'm just backing up. Just give, make sure y'all get it. All right? May have the power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how deep is the love of God in Christ Jesus. We know about Jesus. We know he loves us. But what we need to do is grasp who he is. Because when I grasp who Jesus is, Dawson, I'm not afraid to ask him for anything. <coughs> mm, I wish I could feel what I feel right here. When I grasp who my God is, Lily, I'm not afraid to ask him for anything. <coughs> and when I'm asking him for it in a secret place, in my secret place, when I'm getting along with God, God will make sure that I get mad when I that I get a place in the open place. Yeah. And in the public, and you say, well, Pastor Rex, what does that mean to me? It means that everybody under the sound of my voice, whether you're here for the first time or the second time or whatever, God has a call for you in your life. And if you're not following Jesus to the fullest, you're not finding it. Right. But God, what you see, God don't make no mistakes. He knew everybody that was going to be here today. He's got a call. And you say, well, Pastor Rex, I'm not a teacher, I'm not a preacher, but I know how to run a tractor. How many of you know the churches need tractors, right? Chance right. going. Right. Amen. It's using your gifts. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I, I'm not really good at certain things, but I can cook. And I have the gift of mercy. And I know how to pray. And I've got the gift of intercession. And I can discern. Right. I can tell when people are flaky and they're real. Come on. Right. We need that in the church today too. Right. Don't you allow nobody to speak into your life. Listen, don't you let a tree throw shade in your life that has no fruit on it. Right. A lot of times we let people speak into their life and we share our life with people and they don't have any fruit. Right. You stay away from that tree. Mm -hmm. So he said, well, you have the power together and with the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how high deep is the love of God in Christ Jesus, verse 19. And to know the love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of of the fullness of God. That means that everything Jesus died for, David on the cross, I have an open window to go into that room. Right. I have an opportunity to be able to claim what God did for me on the cross through his son Jesus. Yeah. The fullness of God. Mm. I know I'm preaching a little long, a little hit, a little loud today. You know, but if the kids went in here, they'd be loud, right? Right. Some of your parents are just soaking it up, right? Mm -hmm. It's quiet. The preacher's loud. I'll talk to preacher about that. Yeah. But we, we understand the fullness of God. What is the fullness of God? Is that God put us here to make an impact for the kingdom. And what I do every day makes a difference not only in my life, but in my children's life, and my children's children's life, and the children's grandchildren and those children. Amen? Yeah. 
And what I say in my words and the seeds I plant and what I choose not to forgive and I choose to hold bitterness, you know what it does? You're not robbing that person. If you've got somebody that wronged you and I'm talking to somebody today, but I'm telling you by the Spirit of God, if somebody has wronged you and done wrong and you won't let it go and you let them back over your shoulder all the time and, you won't, and you're holding unforgiveness, you're not, they're going on living their life and you're walking around miserable about something you can't control. I lived that for years. I had somebody that hurt me as a teenager and I thought everybody around in the church was a flake and a, a, a hypocrite because of this. what this one person who, who was of the devil did to me. And you say, well, Pastor Rex, what did you do? I had to tell God. I had to start praying for God to help those people and to bless those people. And in the process, spiritual transformation happened and God changed my life, Dawson, because I let that go. There was no more rent-free living in my head. I allowed the Holy Spirit to heal me. That's the reason he said you confess your sins one to another. That's the reason I love small groups because I've watched these guys sitting by a fire before talk about life. I've watched ladies go bold and talk about how many of you got ladies like to get together? Yeah. And y'all like to talk about makeup? Come on, I'm being real. I don't know about what y'all talk about. Probably your husbands. But you need to repent about that. But anyway, we're moving on. But you need that. You need that fellowship. You need to have somebody to hang out with. Did you? I know you ladies went bowling a few weeks ago. Yeah. I was jealous. I didn't pray about it. <laughs> because I like bowling too. But you know what I saw? When they took that picture, I saw a bunch of smiles. And I saw a bunch of ladies leaning on one another and talking about life that have struggles and that are raising kids and they're facing uncertainties, but they're leaning on each other. They're able to grasp the fullness of God together. That's the reason I believe in small groups. That's the reason I believe in, in, in my wife and I were sitting on the couch exhausted last night and she was already almost asleep. So we're having this conversation and she said, you know what I loved about yesterday? And days like yesterday, it's hard work, it's hot, and people are sacrificing, but watch our church family love on each other. Yeah. Days like that mean something to us. You know what that's doing? It's building community. Yeah. And there's times when you're going to irritate each other when it's hot. You know. And all these other things are going on. You're building something. Right. So men's ministry, boy, it means something. Boys' ministry, guys, Girls' ministries, it means something. Those little girls are coming in Tiffany on Wednesday night and they're wild as all get out. And you don't think they're listening to anything? You are making an impact for a generation there and the generation that's to come. Yeah. So everything we do, as we do it on the Lord, we make an impact. Right. And those boys, you know, I was laughing at Katie Cole two Wednesday nights ago, just into. And we had the old. I shared this last week. They had the, the backdrop for the uh, Easter pictures was still there. And they, it had all the balloons on it. Man, we ain't never laughed so hard the boys popping those balloons. Mm -hmm. And I know Tiffany says, I live that every day. Welcome, welcome to my world. That's what I live every day. But they're, they're like popping balloons. And, we're, and we're, I'm getting joy out of watching little boys be little boys. Yeah. <clears throat> because it's a gift. See these kids coming here. I, you know what I you know what I remember, Regina? You remember I, when, I, when we first came here, there were no kids and it was quiet. 
And you say, well, these kids run around and they throw toys and they're running around in church. I love that. You know why? Because I remember when there were no kids and there was no future and there was no vision. But we began to ask God for it and go boldly to the throne of grace and begin to love on people. And God began to give us that. See, I'll keep having babies. Glory to God. Amen. Be fruitful and love. Why the word says it, I'm just saying. So I'm going. I remember when we didn't have it. David Bree, I remember we didn't have no youth pastors and we tried to plug holes. And the God gave me a dream, right? In a dream. This is the reason I believe in the Spirit of God and showed me these two in a dream. You know what the Word of God promised? And I called him one day and I said, hey, I'd like to take you out to dinner one night and talk to you about opportunity. A few weeks later, they're here working in the church. God's building something. Well, the Holy, it's the Holy Spirit more than that 30-minute session on Sunday morning. It, he'll wake you up at night. He'll make you dream dreams and see visions. You say, well, I don't know about all that. We believe in everything else. We might as well believe the Word of God. The fullness of God. The fullness. Dawson, where he's got you at today, he's not going to leave you there, young man. And it don't matter what people have said about you. You are a Gideon. You may feel uncomfortable where you at right now, but I see a Gideon. Stand up, mighty warrior. Be who God's called you. You're a man of God. Don't miss too much, Lord. There's something about you. I meant stand up in the spirit, but you're good. You're <laughs> right. Obedience is better than talking about that. But if you believe what people say, you believe what the enemy says, he's gonna rob says he's gonna rob you of your joy. <coughs> but if I believe him, and I believe what he says about me, it don't matter what people say. You know what matters? What the Holy Spirit says, because he knows my future. He's already there. Yeah. And he that put me together in my mother's womb. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. It's ordered my steps. In my ways. Jacob, it don't matter how many times young man you've been talked down to. He's got a plan for your life. Right. It don't matter how many people wrote you off. There's something unique about you, and you are a giver and you are care about people deeply. Yeah. And God's going to use you. Yeah. You say, Pastor Rex, I don't know about it. I'm going to obey God. Yeah. Too many times we come in here and sing three songs here, motivational speech, and lives are not changed. We're not going to do that anymore. Because when we learn to understand who we are, John, in Christ Jesus, you didn't see yourself a few years ago being a leader in this church, but God saw you there. And I am so proud of you, young man. <coughs> Julie, when God brought you from New Jersey to Tuscaloosa, you never thought of it. It would be like this. But look what God did. He gave you John. Look at that guy. I see them over and I see the stories over and over and over again. See, I remember when you and boy was in high school playing football. Me and boys. And look at you now. Not just serving your family, but serving your community as an officer. There's something to be said about what you're doing right now. I commend you. We love you. I mean, I appreciate what the police do every day. They're not the bad people. I don't care what people say. There's bad people everywhere on the self. You see it every day, but there's a lot of good people out there too. 
And you say, well, Pastor Rich, why didn't you say that? Because we live this, this life is too short not to say what God, what God wants us to be saved. And we may not see ourselves where we, where we want to be. Also, when we look in that mirror, we might not see ourselves as a, as a Gideon. But can I tell you, when God found Gideon, you know where Gideon was? Gideon was in a wine press, threshing out wheat because his people were under siege and he was in the wrong place just trying to get enough to get by. But the angel of the Lord come and spoke to Gideon and told him to stand up and get up by that pit. I got a job for you. So the way that people say that we're going to get there. How many has ever God took you somewhere and it wasn't the way you thought it was going to happen? Right. I'm never telling people, why is a teenager? Hated church, didn't want to be around church, David. But she liked church. But you know what I'm going to do? Go to church. Because <laughs> I like her. Another one of them preacher's kids. Didn't want to be in church because all I seen was a bunch of folks that were phony. I didn't look at all the real folks. And the devil had me looking at all the phonies. And I tell people, be a preacher. You don't believe God's got a sense of humor? Hmm. It took years for it to happen, but God's got a sense of humor. But in the process, David, he put men of God in my life to work under, four pastors to work under before I became a lead pastor. Because you know what? He didn't want me to have to go through some things. He put some men that were finishing up. Their work in ministry to put me under to teach me, hey, that sometimes things are going to be hard and sometimes things ain't going to be fair and sometimes people are going to talk about you and put you down. But what you need to do is serve God wholeheartedly. Right. And be humble. So for any of us that's in this, under the sound of my voice today and you feel like, Pastor Rex, I just don't feel like, I, I don't feel like I can accomplish, I don't feel like I'm doing anything. But I tell you, if you're living for Jesus and you're sitting here today, you are accomplishing something for the kingdom. Right. You are setting the example. And he said, well, Pastor X, every head bowed and every eye closed when this was born. There's things in my life that don't need to be there. Most every one of us in this room today could probably say that. But there's a God in heaven that loves you. I think about every time I think about those that were written off, the thought that nobody cared about them, and thought that they were done. I think about Peter, Peter denying Jesus three times. Jesus told him, You're going to deny me three times. Peter's like, No. Fast forward a little bit, Peter's denying Jesus three times, but Jesus did not believe <coughs> Peter when he got off the boat that day. And Jesus had some fish. On a fire, cooking, making breakfast. Jesus still saw Peter as where he would be. Can I tell you today, we need to look at ourselves more like the situation of Peter. We need to understand that God will take us where we're at. He's not going to leave us there. He's going to carry us somewhere. So today, if you have a need and you want us to grieve as a church, Get on to raise your hand. You don't have to tell me what you need is. I just want to agree with you. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, you see every hand raised. You see every request. You see every situation. I pray right now, in Jesus' name, that you would declare it. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would just hover in this place.
and you would minister to people. I pray for those that are not able to be here today because they're sick and they're struggling in their body. I ask you by the power of your Holy Spirit to heal people today, to set people free, to give encouragement. Those that are down and out, those that are struggling in their health, I ask you to heal their bodies. I ask you by the power of your Holy Spirit to give healing and to make whole today. I pray for those that are struggling with things in their life and addictions and things they can't control by the power of your spirit today that you would give healing right now in Jesus' name. And I pray, God, that those that brought burdens in this room today, they would find healing and leave here free in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, your desire is us for us to walk in the fullness of God, in the fullness of God. Lord, you want us to walk in the fullness. That means everything you have, we have through you, Jesus. I lift every need. Every request, we commit to you. We confess it to you today. We give it to you. We surrender it to you. Lord, your goodness is running after us today. Your goodness is running after us today, God. You so want to use us. You so want to bless us. You so want to use us. I pray for those, God, that maybe have been coming. And then on the outside looking in, and maybe the jury's out about this thing of following Jesus. I pray the Holy Spirit, you would draw them in right now. In Jesus' mighty name. I pray for those that battle the issue of depression and self-worth. I pray that that spirit would be broken right now in Jesus' name. I pray for those that just are weary in doing good, that your Holy Spirit would give help and strength right now in Jesus' name, that you would give comfort, that you would encourage. I pray for those that have been through tough times these last few days. I pray that you would give comfort right now by the power of your spirit. I pray that those that are needing answers for prayer, I pray for those that have carried on forgiveness for too long and you're tired of carrying you're going to lay it down today. Jesus will take it today and give you freedom. In Jesus' name we ask it. Lord, where we've harbored things, and we've harbored anxiety, and we believe the enemy for too long, we will believe the report of the Lord today. In Jesus' mighty name. I said in Jesus' mighty name. Oh, that you know how wide, and how deep, and how vast is the love of God in Christ Jesus. That we understand who you are. I pray from this day forward, Lord, that those of us that have walked like little kittens into our prayer room, that we will walk boldly, as Hebrews tells us in 4, Hebrews 4, to walk boldly into the throne of grace into the face of prayer and boldly proclaim and ask for big things. Now, God, I'm believing for big things. I'm believing for big things for this church as a body and individuals that you would do big things, that you would give freedom today. You are even calling people now. You are even healing people now, Holy Spirit, right now 
nothing missing, and nothing broken. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name.